Secrets about life, love, hidden mysteries, spirituality, frequency, energy healing, science, alternative health, money and abundance, and much, much more. Secrets that most others don't know, but are now here being revealed to you. Listen carefully and be open to learning the secret to everything. The views expressed on the secret to everything are not necessarily those of the host, co-host, or our guests. All medical information discussed is for informational purposes only and not intended to diagnose or prescribe for any disease or condition. Please contact your medical doctor or qualified health practitioner if you have any further questions. By listening to this show, you have agreed to the terms and conditions outlined at drkimberlymcgeorge.com. And as always, we thank you for listening to the show. Welcome to The Secret to Everything. I am Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and do we have a show for you. If you are a cryptozoology fan, if you love the paranormal, if you love the unexplained, if you love to debate hot topics, then you are in the right place. We are going to be talking to Mr. Ron Moorhead. Yes, you did hear me right. I'm going to start off a little different. I'm going to start off with a a story that happened a couple of years ago. And I asked my oldest daughter, who's now 23, and she lives in Oklahoma. And I said, Brianna, what would you like for your birthday? This is a true story, by the way, Ron. I'm not making this up. And she said, oh, mom, there's this. Now, now don't freak out. I'll explain why in a minute. But she's like, mom, there's this, there's this book I just, I just have to have. I have to have it. I'm like, okay, what is it? And she said, uh, well, it's a big foot book by this guy named Ron Moorhead. It's called, you know, Voices in the Wilderness. And, and I'm like, okay, great. So she said, but wait. And I'm like, what? And she said, it's like $50 or something like that. And I'm, I'm like, well, why is it so expensive? And anyway, long story short, you guys will find out why it's not just a book. It's an experience. And we're going to be getting a super rare treat. You, as a matter of fact, may never get the opportunity to hear sounds like you're going to hear on this show ever in your life. Maybe you will. Maybe you already have, but we can talk about that. I've actually heard some sounds, which I'll be discussing with Ron. But let, let's, let's go backwards. Before the birthday gift, before the CD, before the sounds, and start at the beginning. So in the history of Bigfoot encounters and investigation, there are things that happen that come to mind for all of those who are in this kind of group, and you guys know who you are. So we have Fred Beck, the Eight Canyon Attack in Oregon, 1924. We have Albert Oatson's kidnapping in Toba Inlet in Canada, 1924. We have Jerry Cruz track casting in Northern California in 1958. And of course, what will we debate and talk about if there weren't the famed Patterson Gremlin I'm sorry, I lost my place. Film of 1967 at Bluff Creek. And exciting, as exciting and important as these all are, they remain singular occurrences. So this is kind of a one-shot. You know, one-shot film, one-shot track casting. Well, thankfully, one-shot kidnapping. So what's different about this conversation? What's different about Ron Moorhead? What's different about Ron Moorhead is that in 1971, along with five other hunters, Ron encountered these beings. Some people call them Bigfoot. Some people call them Sasquatch. Some people call them other things in the Sierra Mountains of California. And Ron, along with his friends and different different people over the years, we'll talk about that, began collecting what has become the greatest 
body of uncontested evidence in the history of Bigfoot investigation. He has the most incredible recordings. I just heard one, Rob just played one, and, and you guys, if you're good, and you stay with us, you'll get to hear one too. It is a little, I heard it quietly turned down for the first time. I'm like, that's not so bad. But Rob, like, for some reason, jacked it up. It is kind of blood curdling on second listen. So we'll see what you guys think. Absolutely clear, incredible recordings. And he has had these verified with exhaustive analysis over the years by many different experts. And you can get the book and you can read about that. And, and he can tell us about that as well. Um, so these are verified recordings. These are not hoaxes. These are the real deal. And you get to hear the real deal. And we have the real deal with us. We are so privileged. So we have the sounds. We have the sightings. We have reoccurring tracks and hand impressions that Ron has made over the years. And there's no mystery of the origin of the sounds. Different people, I don't know, I'll have to ask Ron if he's seen them himself, but have caught glimpses of these creatures. Um, but the cool thing is, the story doesn't end there. I know I'm right up against the break, but I still want you to hear, and I love Ron's voice too, so we'll give you a little treat. You can listen to his voice. I like his voice. So we're going to introduce you to the man who has researched this topic for 45 years, not a newbie, considered one of the world's foremost experts at this current time, Mr. Ron Moorhead, welcome to The Secret to Everything. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Kim. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. Did I do a good job, like, kind of building up to the you introduction? You did great. I'm glad I sent that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so you are no stranger in my house, and you're no stranger in, in many houses. And like I said, we are right up against the break, but... Um, I just want everyone, and I'm not going to ask you any questions because I know we'll get off in a million different subjects, but I just want everyone really, I know I'm very complimentary of all my guests, but I want you to thoughtfully consider, because not all of you are paranormal cryptozoology fans or even believe in this. My parents, I was talking to them about you being on at lunch, and they laugh hysterically like little kids. Like, they think I am super crazy, Ron. So all I want you guys to do is open your minds, take a breath. And we're going to be non-judgmental this hour. And we are going to hear and listen and evaluate the evidence. You may even want to get the book. We will be right back on The Secret to Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. And I'm just going to say, with the top Bigfoot expert in the world, Mr. Ron Moorhead, right here on The Secret to Everything. everything. This is Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. And, and I, I really wish this was a 20-hour show in this case because I think I could talk to Mr. Ron Moorhead probably for the rest of my life about all my twisted and controversial Bigfoot dogmen and various theories, which I'm sure people do. Um, I, I actually think, come to think of it, my daughter said she was at, uh, I'm sure you've been out in Oklahoma. I think she was out at a Bigfoot conference out there and you were there. I said, oh, did you talk to him? And she said, I couldn't even get near him. So, um, we are so privileged. I just want to thank you for your time and thank you for your willingness and your generosity of spirit. And uh, I just love you and thank you so much for being here and thank you for all the work you've done in this field. So we'll start out buttering you up. <laughs> not, that I, not that I think you need to be. So some people are, like I said, this isn't just a crypto or paranormal show. So some people are, you know, are listening to this because they follow Secret to Everything or me. And, and they're saying, oh, gosh, here she goes again. Another one of those crazy, wacky shows. So let's start at the beginning. How did you come to be interested and passionate and so carefully document um, all the things that you've learned, the castings and the voices and, you know, the, the photographs of the site? How did you even stumble into this? Start us off at the beginning. It started for me, uh, Kim, in 1971. Uh, I was part of a hunting group that hunted uh, back in the uh, remote areas of the Sierra Nevada mountains. And we would pack in with horses and mules and uh, hunt there. And uh, actually, it's about eight miles in. It's a very uh, imposing area to get to. But these uh, 
creatures, I guess we could call them, came around at night and was messing around making these sounds. And at first, uh, I wasn't there when the original sounds were made uh, in 1971, but I went up after I heard about them, and we went back with tape recorders and started recording these, these uh, interactions with these creatures. And uh, we assumed they were just, uh, we were having fun with it. Well, it weren't at first. It was kind of scary, really. But, but once we realized they wasn't going to come into our shelter and eat us or carry us away or something like that, and we had high-powered guns with us, but um, that didn't seem to deter them any. Uh, they just kept making their sounds, kept coming around, taking the food we'd leave out for them. And uh, it was uh, exciting. And this went on for more than once. This went on all the way through the uh, early 70s. And... Uh, that's how it began for me. Uh, was originally, the Watt Johnson brothers, who established the camp in 1958, they, they, um, they thought there was probably a bear mess around outside. There's a lot of bear where we go up there. And uh, so it wasn't a bear when they went out and seen these big five-toed footprints in the mud and heard these uh, inhuman-like sounds, a really high amplitude. And so we all started going up there with recorders. We all started recording them. It wasn't until 72 when uh, Al Berry, an investigative reporter, we invited him to come in to see what he could make of all this. Of course, he was looking for a hoax, and uh, he couldn't find one. So he ended up writing a story about it. It was published in a book in 1976, and uh, it's called Bigfoot. He co-authored it with Ann Slate. But this is how it started for me, and I've been studying it ever since, because once you've encountered these, these things, uh, it kind of gets under your skin. And uh, you, you kind of wonder what they are. We thought they were just some kind of a giant something out there. Whereas I first turned to the Bible, because that's the only place I knew to look for stories about giants and see if any of those type of giants could still be existence in today's world. Well, there are giants in today's world, and I can attest to that. We've seen them only occasionally. They're very stealthy. They're very fast. And there's some very enigmatic uh, attributes to them that uh, that we discovered up there, or ran into. And anyway, I talk about that. Oh, by the way, speaking of that book, it's not fifty dollars. <laughs> the the book's twenty one dollars, and it comes with a CD with the sounds. I had to clarify that. No, yeah, and I'm sorry. I think I couldn't find it, and it was a second party. Yeah, and I thank you for clarifying that. But it was second party on Amazon. You know how they do that. They jack up popular books, and your book is very popular. I will attest to that. So well, I get, yeah, I get orders. Actually, they just uh, tell me when people order them. I send them out. But anyway, that's here and there. I use it through my PayPal account, too. People can buy them right from my site online or my CDs. And uh so anyway, uh, that's how it started for me, and uh, it goes on from there. I started studying and looking into it, and we, we ran across uh, issues up there that we just couldn't explain away with classical science. And, of course, classical science demands certain things in their model that they have, which is a three-dimensional paradigm. And uh, I've kind of gotten out of that uh, because there's just been too many people over the years I've been interviewing and traveling the world and seeing things that I've seen in Peru, Bolivia, and Nepal, and these places, uh, there have been aliens here. <laughs> I know that. I've seen their remains. And uh, been a science with me, scientists were with me, and they uh, tested that these were not human by the human definition. And uh, so anyway, I've kind of opened my mind up, and that's what I would request anybody. I don't go to these meets and to these conferences and try to convince people that Bigfoot exists. Most people who go to these things already think they exist because they've seen them. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. happened. So they, they, there's no doubt in their minds. It's the ones who, who haven't been looking into it that uh, ha- are skeptics. And there's nothing wrong with being a skeptic, but once you've encountered them, it kind of takes that away. And uh, that's what happened to me and these other guys that I was with. In well, the- Ron, when you first began, at the beginning, when you first had your encounter and you... You must have been familiar. Were you already familiar with, you know, living out in that region with the Bigfoot myth? You, you, because you assigned Sasquatch or Bigfoot kind of to that fairly quickly. And if you read the book, you know, you didn't really try to explain it away. Uh, you kind of started figuring out it probably was that creature right away. So were you already predisposed, I guess is what I'm asking, to believe the legends or the stories? Had you heard from other hunters? Not, no, not that much. I okay. was just a businessman, and like all of us were uh, involved in our daily routines in the San Joaquin Valley, we go up here about 100 miles away into the uh, Sierra Nevada Mountains and just kind of, you're free, you're away from everything, <laughs> It's kind of relaxing, and we were relaxed. So. 
and enjoying the area. It's real pristine there. I was not predisposed to a Bigfoot until okay. the Johnson brothers came out and said there's something up there with a Bigfoot. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we went up there, and uh, that's what was happening. These things kept coming around, and we started recording them. And the investigative reporter that I mentioned, Al Berry, who went in there, he started actually documenting this stuff. And he finally found a, the University of Wyoming to study these sounds because he knew that he knew what needed to be done. And we were basically just hunters. I don't hunt anymore, but that's what I did then. And uh, the University of Wyoming, Dr. Curlin, uh, did a year-long study on these sounds and presented them at the, uh, at the British Columbia, at the Vancouver uh, College up there. And anyway, a book was finally uh, written about it in 1982, Man Like Monsters on Trial, giving his full report. But he, uh, he decided, or in his study, um, found out that these were made at the time by the tapes that Alberry had. They were made at the time. They weren't pre-manufactured. They weren't speeded up. They weren't slowed down. These, these are actual credible sounds made by something that can go outside the human range of vocalization. And they can go inside the human range and below and above it. They have a very flexible vocal mechanism. And it wasn't until uh, 2008 till a cryptolinguist heard this on a site, and uh, he came out all the way from Missouri. A uh, cryptolinguist, by the way, is someone who's, who's able to transcribe language from, from an unknown source. He can't interpret it, but he can transcribe it as a language or not. And he's trained by the Navy as a cryptolinguist, and uh, he had to interview, uh, interview us, and he did, and he started studying these, and he declared in 2008, after he'd done this, that they have a complex language of their own. This is language that they're using, and what you heard at the beginning was not language. That was just an aggressive sound, but I have tapes and, and sounds that are definitely chatter back and forth, just like you mentioned in Albert Osman's story that John Green, uh, who was a Bigfoot, uh, who's passed away now, but Albert Osman was kidnapped by, uh, supposedly by a male and carried to a place in the, uh, British Columbia, held captive for a few days before he was able to escape. And he, he gave some pretty detailed accounts of what they looked like, what they were doing, uh, the chattering they did. He didn't know what he was there for. He didn't know if he was going to be eaten or if he was going to be mm -hmm. uh, what he was there for, maybe to to uh, be a mate for the young, young one that was there. There was four in this uh, area where wow. he held. So it's quite a story. I got that in my new book coming out uh, next month, and that's about the Albert Osman. But it's quite compelling. Uh, I, I flew up there on my plane with a couple other people to examine the site if we could find it, but we never was able to find the site. Uh, we just, uh, flew into Camel River and had a helicopter ready to take us to this area where we thought he might have been talking about, but we couldn't find it in my mm -hmm. plane. So. Hmm. Never went back uh, looking for that. But. Well, so before anyway. we get too past the, because you just talked quite a bit about the vocalization, we have two clips. Would you mind um, setting up the clips for us, beginning with, you know, leading up to the uh, language one, but beginning with the growling one that we already heard? Can we reset that up and kind of tell me at what point in your exploration you recorded that? And were you terrified? Answer that question. <laughs> Well, there's more of stuff just like that. That's the kind of sounds they made in 71 and 72. And uh, it wasn't until 74 until we got the more interactive vocalizations where you hear me yelling out at them and them yelling back at me. And that's the night, basically, the first time I ever got a glimpse of one was then. So I knew by then uh, they probably weren't going to hurt us. They were trying to communicate something. But the first one is the growl, and it's just a, a, a display sound as far as I, I can tell. And it's okay, not and okay, Rob, if you wouldn't mind playing that for us right now, um, that'd be great. Oh, does it? So was this was this their normal? Would you say this was an aggressive display or a territorial display or I, what? I tend to think I tend to think Kim that it was um, it was maybe one of them uh, after another one for taking the food, <laughs> and oh, it wasn't oh, really okay. directed at us. We wasn't able to see them. We was inside the shelter, but this was just a few feet outside the shelter by our stove where we had our meals, 
And um, you couldn't get out there fast enough to really get a glimpse of one. Well, you could get a glimpse of it once in a while, but I never got a glimpse at that time. Uh, but I think that was uh, when they beat on their chest, and they do beat on their chest. I've got those sounds recorded, too. And, and the teeth popping mm. like mm. that. Mm. Those very, very uh, gorilla-like sounds. And, uh, but then you get into the chatter, where they really high-speed chatter, rapid fire, back and forth to each other. And uh, they were doing those things. And uh, all this was got re recorded, and that's what got studied at the University of Wyoming and uh, assessed that the tapes were genuine. And, of course, if it had been pre-recorded or something like that, you would have heard a 60-cycle hum in them. There's a lot of uh, technology went into studying these tapes. And so it's, uh, it's uh, compelling enough to make people want to, or should want to turn their head and listen to it because it's, uh, it's quite uh, revealing. These things are out there, and what they are and what they're here for is I believe them to be sapient, not just cognizant, but sapient. And only humans are supposed to be saving at the wisest of the wise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but these things are able to stay ahead of every trick we tried to pull on them to get, uh, to get more evidence. We couldn't trick them with the camera traps. We couldn't trick them mm. with infrared. Uh, it seems like they were aware of what we were doing by some way. And at first, we were just thinking they were some kind of a wild animal out there that hadn't been found yet. And we're finding them. Look at there. <laughs> Absolutely. And we are going to go into much, much more, including some more details of what Ron thinks these creatures are and what their abilities are. I've really changed my opinion on what these things can do. So we'll, we'll discuss that when we come back right here on The Secret to Everything. We have Ron Moorhead from BigfootSounds.com, author, researcher, and much, much more right here on The Secret to Everything. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, 
X minus one, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. You are listening to The Secret to Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. I am here with the esteemed Ron Moorhead, and his website is ronmoorhead.com, bigfootsounds.com. He is the author of Voices in the Wilderness. He's going to be the author, already is, probably it's just not out, The Quantum Bigfoot. Can't wait to get into that. And he has recorded many, 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 many CDs and sounds of these very elusive creatures. And some of these recordings are just absolutely so clear. It's like the creature is standing in your bedroom. So I really encourage you to go to his websites and check them out. And better yet, grab hold of the Voices in the Wilderness and the Quantum Bigfoot. I'm sure that'll be a huge, huge hit, both in and out of the Bigfoot community. So welcome back to Secret to Everything, Ron. Now, I'm going to come in a couple different doors because I know you can hang with me and beyond hang with me. But I want to share a couple of things. I had never heard a Bigfoot in person. Uh, myself, I went up to a friend's house. She lives outside of Asheville, outside of Silva, in the um, Blue Ridge Mountains. And um, it was accidental. We came up the hill, came up the mountain. She lives on the mountain. We came up the mountain late at night, and maybe about 2 in the morning, pitch black up there, as you can imagine. All her, her electricity was turned off. We actually had to turn it on before we went in the house. And we smelled a funny smell, and, and I know, you know, you know where this is going. And there was a ridge, and I would say the ridge was about 20 feet at the end of the cleared, you know, where they cleared to drop the house in the driveway. And the turnaround, and the road ended, you know, there beyond her house. And I felt, I can't explain it, Ron, I don't know if you've ever felt it, but I almost felt like I walked into the most holy place on earth. All of a sudden, the forest got very, very still. And the power factor got very, very big. And I heard, and I know you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm going to do this badly. I'm warning you guys. But I heard the largest humph I've ever heard in my life. And it couldn't have been more than 20 feet away from me. And, uh, and it's pitch black, so how do I know, right? And, uh, and you know the characteristics of these creatures. And I have to tell you, I thought I was going to pee my pants. I, if you had told me that was going to happen, I would have said, well, I'll just pass out. I'll faint. I'll pee my pants. But it was the most whole, it was one of the most holy moments in my life. Do you kind of know what I mean? Like there was this wonder and this awe and this respect, which I think you were alluding to when you were talking about their wisdom and their awareness. I think I know exactly what you're alluding to and and what you're saying. I hear this over and over for the last 40 years. I've heard this from people, how they feel something, how the hair stands back on the back, how they want to pee their pants, all that stuff, you know. And it's kind of got me towards quantum physics because there's more than just that going on with these things. They're they're so elusive. And uh, science, you'd think, could find one. And they can, basically, if they would... uh, use the technology available, but you can't get science to get out of their three-dimensional box that they're in. 
and uh, see what's really going on in the universe, in the world, and in our bodies. There's a lot of answers to these uh, questions. Uh, when you feel something, I know uh, I've had that happen to me up at our camp. Uh, Warren and I, Johnson, were, we knew one was right out there close by. We was going to jump out of the shelter door right quick and head up there, and we're going to see it run away because because there's a bright moonlight. 8,400 feet to where our camp was, and, and at that time you could have seen, you could have read a newspaper out there. So we jumped out of the shelter, both of us together, uh, probably 15 feet apart, started walking up towards this huge tree where we thought this thing probably was. And we both got stopped on our tracks by some type of a force field. And I don't know how else to explain it other than we could not move forward. And uh, Warren looked at me and said, I can't go anymore. And I said, I can't either. You know, it, not, it wasn't a fear, or I didn't feel fear. But by then we didn't think these things were trying to hurt us. So we could only go backwards, that's what we did. That happened to me another time. It's happened to some of the other guys at different times up there. But it's like they can entangle you quantumly. And if you know what that means, uh, quantum entanglement is when, when they can manipulate you, basically. Um, and that's, that's my explanation. When I explained this to a scientist later on who I knew quite well, he said, well, I don't like to hear about fear. Uh, it's probably the pheromones or it's uh, infrasound. Mm-hmm. And it, it could have been infrasound because that does affect humans. In, in a negative way sometimes. And uh, pheromones, though, how, are only supposed to work within the same species. But then now, according to some geneticists, these things may be half human. And uh, if they are part human, then maybe the pheromones could have done that. But something definitely did it to us. And that's just one of the little mysteries that went on up there. And we still have mysteries. I was up there this last summer, and, and uh, we had something go on. And it just... Uh, a big light just goes right by. It's a cylinder-type light, <laughs> bright. It was controlled, whatever it was, and uh, that's all. But how do you explain that uh, in, in classical science terms? Uh, so, uh, you know, I get into all these mysteries and try to answer them with the science that's available. And, and the science that I think is going to bring this, open this up to people's minds, if they'll keep an open mind, is quantum physics. It was uh, ascribed to by Einstein, you know, equals uh, MC squared, and all these physicists who I quote in my book to bring the science into answering some of these enigmas. As far as some uh, people say, well, I saw them disappear. I've had so many people tell me they saw them disappear. Well, a long time, I used to just write those people off, and well, nothing would just disappear. you got to see where it went. But no, there's a science behind that, and it's called vibrational frequencies. And if you can get out of the light's vibrational frequency, uh, you're not perceptible to the human eye, which is only seen because of light in our three dimensions. So, so Ron, I take it. I no, 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 no. This is you're the right audience. I am all about frequencies. I've studied frequencies for the last 17 years, and actually, we're kind of meeting at a crossroads right here because I believe that my work with frequencies has. And I know this is, okay, you guys, you know I'm crazy, so I don't have to apologize for being crazy, but I think the creatures have come to me, because I, I have a lot to share with you, and I wonder if it parallels some of your observations, but first I have to ask a question that I know the audience would want me to ask, which is, I take it you believe in the slang Bigfoot community term called cloaking. Yeah, that's a good slang word for it. <laughs> yeah, so that's it's what you're talking vibration. about when they... when yeah, they vibrational about, frequency, yeah. Right, and, and possibly, I would explain it as possibly... Uh, my theory would be they could raise or lower their vibrational frequency because we know when when you lower vibrational frequency, things become more solid and dense. When you raise a vibrational frequency, you can walk through a wall. If you could, and some people can, or you can levitate is a good way of explaining that. You don't know this about me, but I happen to use technology a lot in my work and uh, in my study. And one day I decided to um, take a picture a friend of mine had taken. They have a habitation site in their yard in North Carolina where I live. And um, take a picture of a very clear picture of a male Bigfoot. And I decided to direct my RF photography onto that creature, which this happened to be a fairly solid picture, not a cloak or, you know, what is that blob type picture. This started me on my new thing, which is taking RF pictures of these creatures. And um, since energy knows no time and distance, I can also take an RF picture and get the same result from a photo, of course, because that's an electrical frequency imprint of wood, the energy of the thing that you take a picture of. So I don't want to go too deep. I know, I know you can keep up, but the audience is like, I what? Love what you, I love what you're saying. Keep going. I <laughs> love it. It's right where I'm at. You know? Let me tell you what I discovered that was so 
it just opened up another layer of my mind toward the interdimensional world of these creatures and dog band and everything you want to throw in there. Um, al the aliens or I maybe would even reptilians and we can go on and on the fey, the elementals on and on. But these creatures I'm specifically talking now, you guys about Bigfoot. I've also done it with dogmen. different result. Most of the time we get what I would call a psychic spiritual high frequency aura. They are either extremely psychic and of course they're different like humans i mean you would agree with that animals you guys know animals your cats and dogs have different personalities and your horses same thing with these creatures of course if they're creatures or hum humanoids or whatever you want to call them and they're also healers so they either come up half and half they come up all psychic or they come up healers and they come up very spiritually connected with open third eyes and balanced crown chakras mm -hmm. knock me over with a feather I love it. Are, are these creatures wise? Well, they, they know the what everything except humans know, or we should know. We're all really one, one energy. And if you can uh, vibrate on a certain level, you can communicate. And I think what you're saying is tremendous, and I'd love to know more about it, just to hear what you've got to say. Uh, but there's there's these enigmas been associated with these things, and it all falls into the quantum realm, in my opinion, and uh, they can be answered. All the way from the cloaking to the to some of the sounds you hear. I'm woke up. These things are with you all the time, and time it doesn't exist except for us, as we know. Yes. It doesn't really exist. It's only because of what we have to go through, like a river with water flowing down. Um, but these uh, these things don't know time if they're able if they are interdimensional, and I believe some of them are. I don't think they're all the same. I don't think they're all the same same yep. genome. I think they are probably from alien intervention into different. Uh, primates and animals, uh, which is uh, Greek mythology too, and it's also biblical history. Um, aliens from uh, have inbred and altered the DNA of, of different animals and different people here. And that's, that's called a hybrid, and that's what the Nephilim were in the biblical Old Testament. Uh, that's what maybe the dogman is now. Uh, that's what a lot of things are, <laughs> reptilians. Uh, it's it's but why are they doing this? Why is why is it going on? I get into that in my book too. So. Oh, I thought you were going to answer. I was so excited. I'm like, <laughs> yes, Ron. Why? Tell us. He's going to keep us in suspense, so you have I to think, go out. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not a I'm not a religious person, but I am a very spiritual person. I, I do believe there are some nuggets in the Bible and some of these uh, texts that you got to read and study. And I've been doing this now for a long time, as you have, and and you 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 tend to uh, open your mind up because just about every story that you hear has a core of truth behind it somewhere. And uh, you get into the book of Enoch, which is the Old Testament, which is not canonized, by the way, but he goes in great detail of what these uh, aliens were doing. They were fallen ones, they call them in the Bible, and uh, uh, doing what they were doing to try to corrupt the human genome. And they still did it even after the Great Deluge. And um, you find that the giants were here. The giants are still here. Now, why are they here? We have dominance on this earth. That's just the way it is. That's what our God-given right is. We, he's given us that right on earth. We just haven't discovered our true potential yet. I think we are not shortchanged in any way, shape, or form as humans. We think we're at the top of the food chain. Well, maybe we're not <laughs> because of that. <laughs> but uh, these things uh, seem to be ahead of everything you try because I think it's because of the time thing. They can go in and out of dimensional uh, uh, phases. And that's, that's uh, raising their vibrational level, like you mentioned earlier, and possibly somehow bringing it back into a lower it so we can be per they can be perceivable to us. Uh, when they get out of it, they're cloaked. They're gone. They're not really gone, but their energy's around. Just don't see it. Uh, well, and anyway. again, Ron, you know, I know you don't know me, but, you know, I'm a remote viewer, so I, I have this really crazy, unusable talent where I can look at any property or remote view any property and tell you immediately if there's a large... Uh, and, and also we can maybe talk about the portal thing, which relates to the interdimensional time thing, which I also believe plays a factor here, but, but uh, I can immediately go to a place. I'm like, yeah, there's, big, you know, there's Bigfoot there. Usually when there's Bigfoot, I just want to say, I found there's other things, um, as well. So I'm not going to keep saying all the other things, dogmen, fey, element, you know, et cetera, aliens, but usually that's kind of all part and parcel, not always. Um, and we're running up against a break too, but. Um, I've been looking at property all over North Carolina, and I am telling you, my mind is blown. Either I just got awakened with a special ability, 
or this earth is literally crawling with these creatures, Ron. And I want to get your perspective of this on the other side of the break. Not only that, but I have a whole family that uh, I actually go and gift to. And it is off a very, very, very busy road that goes right through Winston-Salem, North Carolina, behind fast food restaurants. So we'll talk about that on the other side of the break right here on The Secret to Everything with Ron Moorhead. Amazing one of the foremost Bigfoot experts in the entire world, and Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, right here on The Secret to Everything, right after this break. Welcome back to The Secret to Everything. We always appreciate you, the listener. Thank you for letting me know what you want to hear more of, and we will always try to deliver more of that. We are so honored to be here today, and the hour has just flown by because I, I found a really kindred spirit here in Mr. Ron Moorhead, not surprisingly. And he is the author of a couple books, Voices in the Wilderness. I can't wait to get my hands on The Quantum Bigfoot, which will be released, he tells us, in April. And he keeps teasing us with things about that, but we'll forgive him. And you can go to BigfootSounds.com and hear more of some of the sounds that we've played on the show. Or RonMoorhead.com, R-O-N-M-O-R-E-H-E-A-D.com. So, Ron, I was kind of teasing you. See how that works (laughs) before the break. Give me your opinion. Am I am I really losing it? Because honestly, now my children are like, they don't even care. They so believe in Bigfoot and Dogman and all this stuff. And of course, they have some abilities too, but, but they don't even care. They're like, yeah, mom, we know. Like, I'll go on a piece of property and I'll be like, they're here, they're everywhere. And what, explain this to me, Ron. Okay, so I know they're there because there's this feeling I get. And I don't know if they're communicating that or that's my psychic abilities, but I know 100% I'll stake my life that they are there, whoever there is, like I said, one of these interdimensional creatures. But I can't always see them with my naked eye. But when I take a picture, the other property, we're looking at 15 acres out by a horse trail, they were lined up, Ron, the dogman, the Bigfoot, the fit. Like, I think I'm losing it. Do you think I'm losing it? Uh, you're probably not. You don't sound like you're losing it. It's just uh, the cameras can pick up something that our eyes don't. Uh, there, there is so much energy out there, so much going on. Uh, we just don't see it in our perceivable vision. Uh, no, there's, there's all kinds of these things. Right? They're, they're just not in our perception. And uh, you're not losing it. No, I, I feel like you're probably on it. Just, uh, it's hard for people to believe things they can't see, believe in things they can't see. It sounds to me like maybe your opinion gland has been decalcified. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I was born awake, and, and, I, and I do, and you don't know this, but I do practice as a, as a psychic. So I, I do make my uh-huh. living as a psychic. So, I, so you're saying I may have a little edge up, but what I teach and what I found true, you should see the pictures that come in from my clients from all over the world, not just of... The dimensional world is just so overlapping with ours. Don't you think at all times I can be sitting on my bed and, and actually one of my daughters who I think she, she has the ability of sight more than I do. You know, she used to tell me, she'd be like, oh my gosh, there's an old man laying on, you know, Sierra's bed. I mean, just crazy stuff. She could totally see all the dimensions and, uh, you know, until she got older and got terrified of what some of what she saw and she shut it down. But what's your explanation for And I do believe, too, which I think is what you were referring to. I think some of these, and I used to not believe in cloaking and dimensional, and like I said, I've really changed my mind on a lot of this, obviously, as you have, as you've grown and learned and studied. But I do believe some, or no, I'm going to ask you, do you believe possibly that some of these families, they travel in family groups, I find, you know, whether interdimensionally or not, they seem to be very family-oriented, in my experience, my observation. Do you believe some of these are more dense, like you and I. They don't have the ability, I guess, to travel interdimensionally. Yes, I think some of them very well could be that way. Because uh, a lot of them, I think, are possibly diluted from crossbreeding into uh, indigenous cultures. And that would uh, maybe dilute their abilities or for the quantum aspects of consciousness. And I, I think some of them are... Well, like I said earlier, they're from different genomes, possibly from alien intervention, from different types of aliens doing different things, but they've also been diluted down through the dilution 
process through the eons of crossbreeding. And uh, that's what I think. So some of them can do some things, some of them cannot. Uh, I know the ones we have, uh, we encountered in the Sierras, have a language. And you don't, you don't hear a lot of people talk about their, their chatter, but I do hear some people talk about it, how they hear it. Most of it are yells and screams, and maybe it's a, a young one looking to get away from his clan to find a mate or something like that, or maybe it's a female trying to uh, protect her area from a young one. So, but whatever, uh, there are different ones. I, I, I just really believe that from the, the tracks I've seen, from the people I've encountered and talked to, and uh, it's just... Uh, I find not. There are different kinds. They have different just attributes. Like, just like people. Some people are psychic or are really good at being psychic. I think we're all psychic. When, like, I love that you said the pineal gland. That's a part of it, definitely. Rob, and could you, he just referred to the chatter, and I think we have an example of that queued up. Rob, could you play the um, chatter yelling one? I love that one because I think it, it's just so sincere. Like you can just, you know, I can go there, of course. So I go there with you. I like go back in time on the timeline. That's a whole nother show, you guys. And I remote view, like I'm there with you, but it's just so genuine. Like you can hear like, you know, how serious you guys are. And you guys are like, you know, making observations. That's just so cool. I love that. Yeah, this happened uh, uh, two years after the other sounds, two to three years. Uh, this was one of the first times they really interacted with us while we're outside our sheltered walls. And um, we was out by the stove, it was just me and another guy, our packing buddy, that we brought the supplies in with our horses and mules. And, and these things just started popping limbs and popping rocks and stuff like that. And we knew we was in for the night, uh, having some interaction, but they hadn't been this bold before this night. I got my little little tape recorder out of my saddlebag, basically, and turned out that's why the quality isn't quite what it, what, what the other ones were. But anyway, it was an exciting night, and uh, we both got glimpses of them that night and heard their sounds. So, uh, like I try to tell people, well, I know it was Bigfoot. I never heard a sound like that before. Well, did you see it make the sound? That's a big question. If you don't see what did it, you can't really say 100% that's what did it. But that night, I got to see what was doing it, and that, uh, that it's kind of thrilling. Uh, so anyway, that's that was a me and him going back and forth, or her, whichever one it was. There were three. We believe an adolescent, which I recorded, and uh, a mother, a female, and a male. The big male uh, came with some real, real heavy sounds, which I, I got recorded. So they've been coined as the samurai cry. Uh, a lot of people say it sounds very oriental. Well, it does. I don't know why, but it does. Uh, so that was that night. Uh, and it was an exciting night. Got a glimpse of one. <laughs> As you travel the world and travel the United States, and, and I don't know if you're still currently speaking at conferences, but um, I know it takes time and focus sometimes to write a book. Believe me, mine's still not finished because of that. But do you still... Uh, encounter yourself? Uh, do you go on some of these at the conferences when they do, you know, Bigfoot explorations? Do you regularly encounter these creatures yourself? Or, or are you okay with uh, looking into the other aspects like we've been discussing here, kind of the quantum aspects? And um, because you, you're a believer, like you don't need to be convinced, obviously, anymore. I, I know it's your passion and, and you love doing it, but are you still actively researching in the field? I guess is my question. I, I go out when, when I feel like there's credible evidence, but still it's quantum, so what are you, <laughs> what are you going to find if they don't want you to find them? My daughter and I, Rhonda, her and I seem to have a frequency that's on the same level, and we, we go out together, we have things happen, it seems like. If we go into the field where, where we think they might be. And uh, basically they'll come to you. You, you can't really uh, be the mm, aggressor. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask yeah. you that, yeah. They, so, they have to be the aggressor. So maybe there. So what? What do you think? And I honestly don't know. So I'm asking you this genuinely. So if I am seeing Bigfoot on every single piece of property I'm looking at, if I have them 
you know, I walk out the door. Sometimes my dogs won't go out in the morning. I live in a neighborhood. Like, it would blow your mind where I live. And sometimes I know they've been in my yard because of how the dogs act. That I have the smell, and the dogs will not go out when they have been here. And um, do you have a why? Why would they come to someone, Ron? Why would they come to you and your daughter? Why would they come to me? Should we pursue that relationship? What's your opinion on that? Because if they're the good ones, and you got to hope they are if they're oh, trying yeah. to deal with you. I was going to ask you that question, yeah. <laughs> if there's the good ones and there's bad ones. But I don't think it's good and bad like we compare people. I think they're from different genomes, different different nuclear DNA within their makeup. Uh, the maternal side of them are probably human because that lends creed to the uh, DNA that we have had uh, looked at and also the idea that uh, they're hybrids. Uh, however, you do have the line of people that... Uh, think they came from the line of Cain and the biblical and that was the mark but that doesn't hold water yeah, so to speak through the flood. yeah I don't agree with that so you think they're developing a relationship do you think it's a warning do you think they're protective do you think it could be a million things I guess yeah they, they may want to tell you something if you're if you're that in tune through your pineal gland where you can pick this stuff up and and a lot of people are but you sound like you're very much into it I'm, I'm really analytical so they, they have to work a little harder on me <laughs> you're a man <laughs> yeah that's one of those guys okay, don't write me you guys don't write me well i don't i, I, I talk to you for hours but i want you to tell us how to get a hold of you are you speaking uh your book's coming out how can we get a hold of that tell us about your websites and if you are willing to come back um, and you have an open invitation. I can take you to where they are in droves. So if you and your daughter oh. or you and some friends ever want to come, I have sites galore I can take you to in North Carolina. You're welcome to stay with me and be my guest, so keep that in mind. Well, thank you very much. That's quite an honor. Um, yes, I'm speaking next month in Bremerton, Washington, uh, in an international. It's, no, it's a Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot University, it's called. I think it's 22nd of April. Then I speak again in... Uh, in uh, Tri-Cities uh, later that year, uh, speaking at the International Bigfoot Conference. Then I speak in uh, Denver, Colorado, uh, sometime in, you know, I don't have my calendar in front of me. Then I speak at the ocean uh, in, here in Washington uh, in uh, November, generally. Then I have another meet in January. So I'm, I'm kind of scheduled every month or so after fall. I, I don't like to tie up my summers too much because I like to do exploration. And here Absolutely. in the Olympics... Here Absolutely. in the Olympics where I'm at, I like to stay kind of free. I do get a lot of calls from people wanting me to show them places or go somewhere with them where they said they've seen one of these. And there's a lot of activity here in the Olympic Mountain Range of Washington. Oh, we're out of time, Ron. I'm going to have to cut you off. RonMoorhead.com. It's been our privilege, our, our honor. And thank you guys for listening to Secret to Everything. Check us out next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.